Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. Hey, hey man, y'all are beautiful, man. God damn, it's packed in here. Hands in the sky, uh. what's up, y'all? Yo, it's right now we're the place to be with game playing on sending on PJD. Don't let me see you touch the sky. Let me see you wave your hands up. Right here, it's right here. Take the paper, blaze it up in this bitch. We raise the stakes up a little bit. Hey, shut shit down. Told you, told you, the post is over. Put your hands up, that's what you need to do. Plus, niggas got game like a PS2. It's capable of the hand about the sun. Things look short, you hear about the let it go. Back and forth like a big old. I'm a radical cause that's a big old ass Got me up in this motherfucker I am in this motherfucker I'm in the man, the myth, the plan is to get to grants It's all that they wanna get that It's that cloudy, cloudy Niggas thinking they hot, but it's not this It's day hard, looking for holes It's once, it's looking for holes I'm looking for those So they can shake their ass for us Told y'all and McNasty trust Yo, we got bitches, we the butts We go with the fall guy, y'all lead the dust Got players in our end doing the thing I told y'all, what McNasty brain is It's sketch though, we all take the thriller Bet your ass that it's not the game We real ghetto with the bill Flawed, flawed, bill Hitting the hard with the bars that I'm fitting It's crazy, James, you know what it is Rockin' over trucks, my nigga, my nigga, jazz it Cause we are in this motherfucker so, We are in this motherfucker Oh, we are in this motherfucker. We are in this motherfucker. It's Frank Day, get JD, the 
the pen, plan is bad Living, change the LeFranc and I'm at it again And we got no chicken, plus the flows is sick And known for the flipping, hoes blow the dick when I hop Dollars drop, dollars hop Hopping in and out of 2,000 plus candies and plates in the end zone Bringing that boom and system cheap Volume beats, tall and deep Crawling we ballin' Told y'all some more time to play me out The game getting cake and rock and shake Make a nigga say Welcome to Sports and Things, everybody. This is, uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for all coming on um, and being a part of this two-day extravaganza we, we have planned. We've been talking about this on Sports and Things for about about two, three months. So um, with that being said, let me first uh, introduce the cast of Sports and Things for those who haven't seen our show or heard our show. Um, I'm the host, Dennis Turner, Trey Ely. Put your hand up, say something. Yo, what up? Yo. Jay Hill. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Wow. And John Lane. <laughs> Yo, can you get it all tonight? Me? You're getting it all tonight. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we can yeah, hear you. you went to I've, had, I've had more I've had more issues with my computer in the last five days than I have in the last five years. Yeah, we got a GoFundMe for uh John's Mac. I've been, I've been. <laughs> I mean, I need a Kickstarter That's and a hilarious. Go, man. Yeah. This is this is insane. But After it works show, out because everybody on sports and things is in the middle, <laughs> going down the going down the middle of the panel. So let me let me explain to you guys first what sports things is, and then I explain to you why we're doing this um, particular event. Um, sports and things was created by myself and the three guys going down the middle of the panel. Um, it's a pa- it's a sports podcast where we musicians who love sports and we talk sports, and we have an end things section where we talk about entertainment and anything else that's um, crucial or important to us. And Unfortunately, this is, we, we share a love of Washington, D.C. sports. No, no, no. You see, my shirt that too. is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I, I, do, I do got a Washington football. This is my man cave, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, like, he's actually at Capital One Arena. Yeah, I, I live at Capital One Arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was late. Anyway, so hey, Roddy, um, Roddy, there's a lot Roddy's of losing going on Roddy's, in that building. Roddy's not allowed to chime in because he's from Boston. That's the championship wow. city, so he can't say nothing. <laughs> and much. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I got you. I got this you. what this show is about. We gonna, this off, is just off. and things. Yeah, this is and things. <laughs> and, and secondly, Los Angeles won last year. We're tied, so be quiet. Yes, oh, <laughs> dude. All right. So we decided to do uh, this podcast because for 10 years, uh, two thousand. we started in 2006, um, when at the untimely death of Jay James 
Jay Dillagancy, uh, they decided to do a fundraiser concert um, to celebrate his life, celebrate his music. And that was created by uh, Munch, John Lane, and DJ Roddy Rod, who are on this panel today. Um, so we wanted to take a time uh, to set aside a time apart from that, talk about our experiences and what that show meant and what Jay Dillon meant to us as well. Um, so that's what we're doing this for. And with that, I want to introduce the panel. So it looks like the Brady Bunch, too. This is amazing. It does. <laughs> so, it does. Um, I'm going to start with the ladies first. Um, we have the amazing the Bourbon on the panel with us today. Yeah. 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 Uh, DJ Roddy Rod, amazing producer on the panel as well. Budget. There you go. <laughs> DJ Two Tone as well. Tone Jones. Uh, Aaron Harden. He doesn't have a DJ name. Do you have a DJ name? Nah, not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, last but not least, <laughs> right. Last but not least, uh, Munch, who was the one of the creators of the show. Um, so yeah, we're gonna yeah. get right into it, and then I'm gonna hand it over to Trey. Trey's gonna uh, mediate this whole, or moderate this whole thing, and then I we're, hope gonna, it we're ain't gonna keep mediate, bro. You <laughs> never know. No, we have problems. Never know. Peaceful gathering. More money, more problems, motherfucker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be loose. We're gonna, keep it. we're gonna keep this really loose, but we have some questions, and if you have questions, you can ask us, and we'll try to get your questions in there as well. So. Without further ado, Trey Ely, which is also not his real name. Oh, wow. Dang, okay. we so, going there already? So as you can see, we're doing this sports and things style. For those of who are familiar with the show, those who aren't, we're loose, we're fun, we laugh, we joke. We definitely roast each other. Um, so I just got roasted anyway. Um, <laughs> so um, just to say real quick, you know, I was pre-gaming for this today, listening to some Dilla, and, you know, I'm just going through his catalog and man, what a super producer, how many hits, how many dope songs, how many tracks. It's just like, Dill is just dope. I think no one on this panel needs to be convinced of that, but you know, a lot of people who are watching may not be hip. So we might be hipping some people to some things. Um, so um, w without further ado, we're going to get into the questions because we have a lot to talk about. Um, so first we're going to talk about the origins of the DC loves Dilla, uh, uh, you know, a set concert series. Um, and I have a question that I'm going to throw to a couple of the guys here. And I want to start out with Munch. Um, and you take the first stab at this. Um, so Munch uh, and um, John and uh, Roddy, feel free to jump in and chime in. Like I said, sports and things is loose and fun. So we don't have to be all stiff and structured here. We can just talk. So uh, with that being said, Munch and all. How did DC Love Dilla start? DC Love Dilla started, uh, well, it was 2006. And uh, Dilla had just passed. And John reached out to me and said, you know, we got to do, we got to do something for, for, for Dilla. And, um, you know, I haven't been familiar with, with Dilla. Um, actually, it's funny because I don't know if it's funny, but uh, Jatai, who's like the homie, he's like, um, DC Gordon Parks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he actually he actually he actually put me on onto it through um, the J eighty eight stuff, and from that I was hooked because I was I think I was I think I was going to L A for something, 
And then as soon as I hit LA, I went to the record store like looking for JH shit. And so ended up picking picking that up and that was pretty much that was it from that point. But um yeah, I mean John reaching out and you know I think all of us had this shared passion for because that we're, we're all we're all music people. We're all producers, DJs, like that's DJing is where I gonna start, you know, uh, between that and like playing classical music um, that we're just, we're just all music folks. And I think that's what really we all gravitated to. And it was just really easy to celebrate somebody who, whose music resonated with us. And that was pretty much, that's pretty much it. You know, we, I think our first show was at, um, well, it's not there anymore. Mirrors. Live. Mirrors. <laughs> was okay. it, was it mirror, yeah. Was it Mirrors? Mirrors was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you had a combo um, joint, right? Uh, yes. It was a Pookie's Gallery. Pookie's Gallery. Yeah, because okay. yeah, we were doing, Sheesh. yeah, you're right. So we're doing, you know, we're doing Mirrors, which unfortunately is no longer there. Really dope venue, though. Um, yeah. And, uh, shit, I mean, I think the first one started out with, uh, the, the whole, you know, it was Slum, yeah. It was Slum, and we had a whole rack uh, of people L's, on there. <laughs> it was TL's and um yeah t3 T and lzi yep yeah because boston i think had already passed yep yeah and um yeah it, it was it was it was dope man like the energy was the energy was dope man and we we pretty much did it because we were hearing a lot of stuff about you know medical bills and blah blah yeah. blah and insurance not taking care of of um you know my dudes and family and so we were just like well you know, let's let's also make sure we we look out in that way too, and that was that was pretty much it from there. And you know, we rocked yeah, ten, I, years, uh, ten years straight. I was um, the first I had heard of Dilla's passing. Actually, Roddy called me. I was doing a gig in Philly, and Roddy called me. He was like, "Yo, man, he passed away," and um, he uh, had done. I think Roddy, you had already done a tribute. Or you had seen a tribute or something like that, and then you you hit me. You're like, "Yo, we gotta, we're we're doing a DJ tribute, man." But you you need to put something together with a live band. And right. I was like, "Yeah, that's yeah, that's actually that's, a really good idea." The, the first why would ever, you? But, but why, Roddy? Like, why would you think a live band? Like, you know, everybody does a DJ shit. That's a lot of shit to put together, man. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm not I'm not taking credit for the live band stuff. I'm gonna tell you um, how it, it kind of came about. We we wanted to do a tribute, um, and peace out to DJ Cordemain, uh, Daryl mm -hmm. Francis, who started off with securing the science club for the club that we were going to do the event for me, John Lane, Kev Brown hosted it. And, um, that was the first ever deal tribute. That yeah. was actually March of 2006, 2006. Yep. Yep. And, uh, John Lane, DJ, I DJ, Kev Brown hosted it. And it was a brother that was there from Baltimore named Tislam, Tislam the mm. great. And he ah, had access. Yeah. He Shut had up. direct access to Miss Yancey. So that night, we actually called Miss Yancey um, at the club, at the, at the event. And um, the whole crowd, you know, kind of gave it up. And she actually talked through the phone to the mic. <laughs> and um, wow. and asked the first time, like, we actually did a tribute. And we sent all the proceeds that night to her. So That's then 
we continue to do it. And I think that's when, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, that's when um, Subsonic, the show that was on XM Radio got involved yeah. and we did, that was the first band show, which was at XM Radio. Yeah, that was the year um, after. Which, that was, that the, was year the year after. after. Yeah. Right. And oh, it was Pete Rock. Shit, I didn't know that. It was that Pete was Rock, Talib, Kwali. Yeah. And uh, Miss Yanti. That was the first Miss one I was on. Mm-hmm. And that was the first one with the band. Oh, it was Allison Karn. You know, that was the first, first ever Dilla band DC event. And then. Yeah, because the first group, one, it, the, the first one that mirrors was had the band, but we didn't call it DC Lives Dilla at the time. Right. Right, right. It was under another uh, name. Okay. I right. had to change the oh, name. I also wasn't in that band. I was on the side watching. I played like the last two songs. <laughs> that's all that's right. <laughs> I guess you had to point that out, huh, Dennis? Yes, yeah, right. no, you, you weren't allowed. You weren't, you weren't allowed at the cool table yet. The first bass player was Hamilton, with this dude Hamilton Hayes that I went to Howard with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, 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 was, I had I was called a, like, like us. I called a plethora of musicians that I knew to do this thing, not thinking that much was going to get Slum Village. And it's actually kind of mm. funny because our set was nearly two hours long. And when we got off stage, T3 came up to me. He's like, man, y'all just did all our hits. We don't need to perform. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Dilla tribute. So it was, I remember it was, being on it was amazing. I remember, though, I remember being on the side like the dude from um, Fire Heartbeats when the dude was playing the piano. Like, <laughs> 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 just waiting. I was on the side just waiting to play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. but that was the first XM show. Was the was the very first Dilla DC Love Dilla band show. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and uh, Pete Rock was there. Like I said, Tyler Qual. Like it was a dope. That was a dope show. And that from that love, I think I remember hitting you, John. It was like we were we were so in awe because it was the first time Miss Yancey was in DC, mm-hmm. and um, y'all the players were doing fuck police. And Miss Yancey, the first time we saw Miss Yancey to decide word for word, my brother, she word recited for the word, whole joint the word. whole song. And uh, yeah. I was like, yo, this is the most incredible shit ever. I remember yeah. to hit John. I was like, yo, did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. And that's how it yeah. started. That's how it hey, started. John, I just wanted to point out this flute on that song. By the way, that's an inside figures joke. Figures, sports and things figures joke. Figures that be yeah. on fuck the police of all songs. Right. <laughs> 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 kind of jives with the whole angry trade narrative, huh? I should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> I know I how you, you feel, Dennis. I know how you feel, bro. I got yeah, you. Listen, listen. <laughs> yeah. So, on, so anyway, cool. Yeah. So um, this question I'm throwing out to everybody. Um, so I'll answer it first. Uh, so when did you first hear a Dilla track? I will say, I don't exactly remember, but the first thing I can recall is, uh, far side. Um, what is it? Can't keep running away or running. whatever running. that the running. running. Yeah. The far yeah. side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's the first thing I can remember. Uh, cause I was, I'm a little bit younger than some of you guys. I was a kid, uh, when that song came out, um, John was, John was about forty when that came what? out. Yeah, about forty. I was waiting. I was forty-three. Deborah and I were a lot younger. John was seventy-five years old when Dilla came out. So yeah. Anyway, in all seriousness, just whoever jump in. Uh, when did you all first hear? You know, hear your first Dilla track? Just to How your about memory. ladies first. Yeah. All right, Deborah. It's the same song. It's uh, it's, it's running and. 
that song for my particular storyline growing up uh, up north in Connecticut. Um, I just, uh, yeah, that was a that sound was a part of my life. So the crazy thing was, I didn't know anything about Jay Dilla at that time when that when that song was out. I was all about Far Side. I was I didn't know anything about uh, Jay Dilla and like the magic that he added to the tracks. So. For me, it took a good while for me to realize, like, shit, like a good chunk of what I am into um, is all Jay Dilla. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know for a bit. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. As like a quote unquote R&B neo soul thinker. Exactly. I was really just like, I rock with what felt good to me. And, um, you know, you always have the, the specific type producers that you know who they are in R&B. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Babyface, all this stuff. But there's like a pocket in time for me when I was kind of coming into my own and trying to figure out who I was as a singer and, and Erica Badu and Bilal hmm. and all these. I didn't know. Right. The sound that was really inspiring me to even jump out there and do what I was going to do was really the sound of Jay Dillon. So yeah. um, it's that first memory is running but it really is not about running for me it's about like you know contributions to like d'angelo's work and and mm. badu's work that i did and then i was like the, the light hit me like oh this man is he's amazing this is like the kind of music that i've been wanting to you know perform forever so it's like i, I feel like i had two waves of him i had a wave of him before i knew who he was and then when i got hip it was like all this other music that Huh. Right, right, right. So I'll add, I wasn't hip either, you know, when I first heard that. Anybody else uh, want to jump in, fellas? I haven't heard from Aaron. Um, or yeah, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> so, same, man. I, I, honestly speaking, Running was the first song um, that I heard from Dilla. Now, what I'll say is I don't think it was uh the most impactful first song that i heard of his like i was i was preach that was that was <laughs> an entry that was like an entry point to me um i was a far side fan um, right but like the song cool but when drop came out like a few months later <laughs> it was that over. was a whole that was a whole different story <laughs> it was over um yeah at that point it was different so like i said first song that i heard was definitely running the first impactful song that i heard where it was like yo this shit is Wow, um, <laughs> it definitely dropped. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, change the game. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time um, I heard slummed, it was uh, it was nineteen ninety nine, and I was actually overseas, and um, it was the I don't it, it that single that was I don't know, and then on the other side was fantastic. Oh and yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, that record. I remember when I heard it where they you know, Dilla chopped the James Brown, I don't know, cut into this crazy beat. And I remember calling back into the States to my cousin, like, yo, have y'all heard the Slum Village? And nobody heard of Slum Village. And then um I used to do like you know, security and stuff for like all the artists that used to come from over you know, from the States to Japan. And I, I ended up meeting Planet Asia. And Planet oh, wow. Asia, you know, we, you know, kind of got to know each other throughout the tour. And then I was like, yo, you ever heard of Jay Dilla? And he was like, yo, 
I did, but nobody else know. How you know about Jay Dilla? And that was <laughs> that's 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 how I started going down the rabbit hole. He had stuff that I didn't have, and I had stuff that he didn't have. And but yeah, that was the first time that single was the first time I heard Diddy's work and rhyming too. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I know it's hard. Yeah, it's hard not to pick running as like the first joint. Um, but I actually. I, and and I think technically because this song came out, if I'm not mistaken, before maybe earlier in the year, run running did. But I had a friend back in high school who um, randomly like had this CD. I don't know where he got it from. What what inspired him to pick it up? But he was like, "Yo, I got this joint from this uh, this artist. It's kind of like alternative, whatever." But he's like, "Yo, there's this one track on here I really like," and he played it for me. And I and you know, wasn't rhyming or anything like that. And it was an artist by the name of Poe. And and there was a track called Fingertips. And it was a one track like that. The only track he actually was like, yo, this one track right here, I really dig. And yeah, just the way the production was, the beat was, I, I just remember like, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 could, I could vibe with this right here. Um, and uh, of course, it wasn't until maybe probably maybe like seven, eight years later that I found out that, that Dilla produced that joint. Um, but that came out, I think the same year as running did, but, um, but yeah, like, like everybody else running and drop and, and splatatorium, you know, some of those joints off of that, Ooh. that second album. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think I, it still wasn't the point where I was like really, you know, digging into who the producer was. I, you know, I definitely saw the, the album credits, but definitely by like, by 96, the next year, his name was a name I started looking for. And, and, and when he started doing more of the, the, the Uma production stuff, um, that it got to the point where like, I was, I was seeking out, you know, any, anything by, by, by him. So yeah, that was, like I said, around that running far side time for me. Yeah. I think yeah. Same for just, me. Just to kind of like in the same vein as Deborah, like, because I was an R&B dude and I loved hip hop as well. Oh. Right. <laughs> <At that time. laughs> so for me, it was like, Great I mean, catch. running, I mean, running was, was there, but you know, it was like later on, cause you don't pay attention to that. I'm just, I'm listening to all of it together. I'm not listening to what they're over top of, or I'm not just listening to the rhymes. So like when Erica Badu came out, and it was like, oh, okay, you starting to feel it. Like, that's nice. Oh, that's the same person that did that? Whoa. Then you start to put it all together. And it's like, 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 like Aaron said, I don't know what the most impactful one was as far as running. But, I mean, that wasn't the most impactful one. But that one was stood out there because it was mainstream radio also at the time. So that was the one we was getting the video. That was when the video was hot. So everybody was playing that every five minutes. So, of course, that was beaten to your head. But it was the... Like 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 Rob was saying, it was the undercover joints that was like, oh, I didn't know that was the same dude too. Damn. Okay. So then you start to see, oh, it's some it's some heat right here. So I think running was it, but it wasn't the, it wasn't the most impactful. Yeah, same it, same for me. I, by the way, before I say my part, I think it bears mentioning um, the guests and what their role was uh, in DC Loves Dilla. So Deborah was a featured uh, singer for, for the show. Jay Hill was a supporting vocalist and featured singer. Uh, Roddy and Two-Tone were the DJs. 
uh, Aaron was the keyboardist and uh, I was uh, the drummer. And of course, Munch was the, was the producer and curator of the event. And Dennis played bass. And, and, and Trey was in the flute. audience. And Trey played flute. <laughs> Trey, Trey played audience member number one. Yeah, I was in the audience. Um, I was the way, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say running was very impactful for me only because of where I was musically. I was at, um, I was, I was in college studying jazz, but I was a huge lover of, uh, of hip hop. And I was at a point where I felt like a lot of the hip hop I was listening to, like Gangstar and Public Enemy was starting to, was starting to filter into the underground scene. And a lot of mainstream rap was becoming more and more popular. So I was, I felt discouraged because I wasn't really liking a lot of the mainstream rap. So um, I was on my way to class and it's kind of a funny story because um, I knew that as I was pulling into the parking lot of my, of, of my college campus, it took me seven minutes to get from the parking lot to my class. And on this particular day, I was early. So I pulled into the parking lot found a parking spot and running came on the radio. And I, and it was like, my class started at 710 and it was like 703 and I was like, oh shit. So I was like, I'm just gonna have to be late. Uh, and I listened to the whole song and just showed up late to my class. And as soon as class got out, I went to Tower Records and I bought the album. And from that point I was completely sold. What John didn't tell you, that was 1968. So yeah, I went to school with we, Dilla's dad. Am I last? I, I think let me I think I'm the last Dennis, one. I don't think we've heard from much either. We didn't hear from much. Yeah, much ago. What was the question? How old is John? I think, I think I answered it. I think I answered it already. But you know what? Hearing everybody else talk, it, uh, it reminded me that, um, like a lot of people, we like we love this music, but we didn't necessarily know who it was. Right, right, right. So, like, I got put on to J eighty eight, but that was like when it was Dilla's group. Right. Just like everybody else, it was like running and drop. Yeah. Those are the those are the two joints that introduced yeah. me to Dilla. I didn't know at the time who it was. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. yeah. And I got some bad cleanup. So, yeah, um, like everybody else, running was the first one I I think I heard that was like make you kind of twitch and like, oh, what's that? But um, my boy uh, Leon Paul. AKA DJ Jimmy Fingers. I was at his house one time. It was like 2000, maybe 2005. And he just, he was just spinning records and he played, uh, he played, he played, I can't remember the record he played, but it made me stop what I was doing and be like, yo, what was that? He was like, oh, you don't know who Jay Dillon is? I was like, who? He was like, bro. And he just sat me down for like three hours to play records. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he just sat me down and he just went through all this stuff. And I, I remember leaving there feeling like uh like it was this feeling of like uncertainty about my own musicality <laughs> it was just like yeah. i didn't know what was happening i was just like i questioned everything that i went to school and studied <laughs> like, uh, so if you if you just put the drums behind the beat a little bit it's like oh i just clicked. And, I like, you know. and then uh john and when we started doing the show 
uh, we were doing one of the rehearsals and John played a song and I, w- I was trying to get it on the show every year because uh, he called it uh, oh. Dilla's, uh, Michael Jackson's throw track. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, it sounded like Michael Jackson throwing up. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, if you listen, he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yo, yeah, I just need to play that song. <laughs> yeah, it was, he, he chopped dance machine. I was like, yo. So those are the ones that were like really, I mean, it, it, it's it's unfair to say which ones were like, you know, right. most impactful, but like those were ones, some of the ones that kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. All right, dope. So um, we're going to move on to the next question. And um, uh, with respect to time, we'll probably want to be brief on this one. Um, just a little side note or a little inside note. I don't know if we've ever said this on the air, but uh, John Lane is not only uh, a drummer, but he's our timekeeper. So Sports and Things is a you know primarily sports podcast where we do talk about music in the second segment. Um, and this special is all about music. But um, we are musicians to the core. We're here. We have a very good drummer in John, and he actually keeps time for us as we go through the podcast. Don't even look at the clock. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't he doesn't even clock. need to look at the clock. He's like, it's been about, t- it's time to stop. Uh, two minutes left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, stop so, talking. Stop yeah, talking. so if it looks like I'm looking at my phone or looking over here, I'm looking at production notes and things. I'm looking at notes um, from John telling me to hurry up, slow down, whatever to do, because John's got the time. Locked. Maybe I should. It's, it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at Aaron Hart. He's like, he didn't know the time during rehearsals. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love it. I love it. Because I remember oh, Aaron. Wow. Aaron, wow. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron. Aaron had to travel the farthest, man. Aaron, I felt he bad too. He did. He, he had to travel the farthest. Taking that ride. Yeah. Aaron used to live. He used to. <laughs> yeah, he used to live in in and then drive home right after. Right to travel from the UK over here for every kid. Drive from the UK. Drive. I got this boat. Land boat, yeah, man. Okay, so yeah, with the with this whole time thing, we'll keep it moving. Um, so, uh, briefly, everyone, uh, speak on the rehearsals and your experience learning the music. So that's a that's a good segue talking about Aaron. So I guess we'll start with Aaron. You could talk about the lengthy and late rehearsals. So I can talk about learning the music. I had uh, four hours uh, round trip to um, do that. So um guaranteed that I, I had a full opportunity to take a listen to everything we were going to do. Um, not with the rehearsals, you know, more than, more than even just learning the music, like we wound up being a, a very close-knit unit over the years that we've come together, it was always familiar faces. And um, so as much as we rehearsed together, it was it was definitely time to build with one another. And um, we would lock in. Uh, I was late kind of into the DC Loves Dirt Camp. Um, and so y'all were already in motion, but by the time that I kind of caught up, you know, for the most part, we would, we would add a couple of new songs in there, but um, it was just clockwork. So it would be just, just us reconnecting and uh, I mean, everything happened, so it was always a, a good experience, um, you know, even those late nights, getting back on the three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. God bless John Lane. He's like, I'm sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next, how about Jay Hill? Jay, talk about Man. the rehearsals. I know so, you got a story for us. Brief story. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a story per se, but to me, it was it was confusing because when you first get into his catalog, it's only like a 
minute and a half to two and a half minute song. So it's not a lot to it from my standpoint. But what happens is John dissects the shit all the way down <laughs> to I don't even I don't even know like what degree that is. Father but he's like, no, no, no. And the thing is, minutes. the thing about it is him behind a drum set, listening to horns, listening to keys, he will stop shit. Yo, you missed the um, you missed the uh. The, I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> you know, the uh, it's an uh, and they go, hold on, let me let me start it from the top. Uh, see, you missed that. What? And you're like, yo, this is <laughs> this is bananas, like as far as the detail. But as much as we we had one night to get it, really, because we usually only had one rehearsal, which was probably two to three days before the event, so you could sit home with it. When we hit that stage, as much as all of us are familiar with jamming together where ain't really no structure. Even when you got up there out, out in the audience, as much as they thought we was having fun, it was so precise that it was unreal that we knew we were having fun with it because you weren't really missing much. And even if you did, it was the energy was just there. It was like, damn, I missed that. Oh, didn't I? Shit. I get it next year. I get it next year, though. <laughs> so that's all you can do. That's all you can do. If I may interject with Jay on, uh, or piggyback on what Jay's comment was, because Jay said one rehearsal, and I was like, wait a minute. I, don't, I went to 37 rehearsals. I don't know what you mean one rehearsal. We were at rehearsal every night for like two weeks. Right. Um, right. We, we, we were. But, but the, the real part about it was, uh, to piggyback on what Jay said, uh, John's ear for what needed to happen with the music was impeccable it, you know and and also he he gave us space as artists to be creative yep. with the music you know which you know a lot of people might be like you know that they might frown upon that because we're not playing the songs verbatim but like after like jay said after like two so the same world the beat you have to be you have a group of musicians on stage that are in tune with one another Talented. and they are able to move off each other so we you know we were able to like take those songs and expand them expound upon him a little bit and that i think that was a testament to his uh direction as musical director you know to to have the foresight to pick the people who would be able to work together and work off each other so the rehearsals were cool like they were long you know but it was it was <laughs> they were long <laughs> you know we, we get to georgetown university we ain't at seven and you get out like 2 30 oh, like, you know but it was worth it like it it, it made yeah. sense when you got on stage all the uncertainty that you felt like i I think the DC Loves Dilla show is, um, as a professional, it was one of the only moments that I've ever felt like nervous about to go on stage since I've been a professional. Because it's yeah. like it's a lot of music. You know, it's a lot of people who know that music. And like, if you mess up, it's like, oh, you know, but like, even when, it, when you play the intro music, um, when the intro music was played, it's a lot of embellishing happening. But the first 30 to 30 seconds to a minute is like we're playing the songs as is so you you get the authenticity of it and then you get to be creative with it too so that was pretty cool dope dope so hats um, off to john lane so, thank yeah, you yeah so um bora um and uh can you do me a favor and um and, and really get into the mic there uh yes, little sir. producer talk there <laughs> uh, yeah for me you know i'm gonna be real i had the the, the most amazing fun rehearsal role of all of y'all because I was the girl that showed up real quick and was out. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Experience because I also had a day job and so I was always like, I got, I just came from work. I'm going to go to Georgetown. 
So it was cool uh, for me to to jump in. And I have to agree with uh, with Jay Hill and Dennis about John, um, just the, the attention to detail. And like, for me, I felt kind of like I knew I was safe just showing up. If I knew what I had to do, I knew that you guys knew what you had to do. So rehearsal yeah. experiences for me were kind of like boom, boom, in and out. And then, but the coolest part of it that you guys all brought up is that like, I can think of one specific show, like I was able to just kind of like jump off the ledge and just try some shit for the audience that was off script or off rehearsal, yeah. you know, and the band was with me, everybody was with me. So that safety net uh, for me, just right from the top of joining the whole DC Loves Dilla uh, world, it was just great because I knew I could just, as an artist, just kind of like be an artist. I could just show up and just be ready to sing what I wanted to sing. And the, and the fellas and everybody was with it, sing the background, everybody was with it. And so it was, for me, that was, it was like a, you know, kind of just ready to get on the ride. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, before we go to break real quick, I want to hear from one of the DJs. So how, hey, Roddy, so. Uh, yeah. From you had to rehearse nothing. Yeah, I, I, so <laughs> I wasn't going to wow, say that. Hey, I, I wasn't going to rehearse. From your perspective, Easy, fellas. let him talk. <laughs> from your perspective, <laughs> from a DJ's perspective, how was rehearsed? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I know John Lane very well, and I know how meticulous he is about Dilla. Like, John, it, it could have been a better person to, to kind of man those sessions like John because even before you know we had um this thing about Dilla we always loved and um John as a producer he knew how to create every single piece to make it as as realistic as possible and I think the same way with us DJing like we talked about this when we did the first um Dilla uh event that we didn't want to play anything we didn't want to focus on just like his beats um we wanted to kind of play everything out but we knew that we just wanted to play only his stuff and nothing else and we didn't want to like showboat it we just wanted to play it out so people could enjoy it um the songs as they are the the sequences as they are so to recreate those sequences sometimes you know it doesn't go like a 16 bar might cut at 12 and that was John knew shit. exactly. John knew exactly when, to, when those things you know kind of in place. Me and two as DJs, we knew songs verbatim, so it was easy for us because we just followed the song. So it was like scratches or whatever, exactly mm-hmm. where, because of John, like like keeping core to the songs that Dilla created, like that that made our job easy. So the crazy, yeah, we, like, the the craziest part to me was. You could have had an NPC to do all the sounds that you needed, but you got mm-hmm. real people. That's the shit that made it phenomenal for me. Mm-hmm. As yeah, everyone can see, I mean, Jay Hill's excited. excited I am, about man. This. This, shit was, <laughs> this shit was epic, man. This shit was epic. For Body real. Playing Dilla. I mean, come on. You know? Yeah. True that. All right. So, so with that being said, we're going to take a quick break right off of Jay Hill's enthusiasm. But you, <laughs> audience, are not going to take a break. You're going to check out some footage that we have to show you from the show, uh, from past shows and that sort of thing. 
and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you, guys. Beautiful man, god damn, it's packed in here. Hands in the sky, uh. one time, y'all. Yo, it's right now, we're the place to be. We came playing on sending on PJD. Don't let me see you touch the sky. Let me see you raise your hands up. Tall and deep, falling, we falling. 
shades make a nigga say, see, this, see, and take in a game like this, see, nigga, where niggas don't take to the back, cause we all up in hands, don't go in no yak, yeah, we all in this motherfucker, we all in this motherfucker, all ladies don't take to the front, cause we real plan, listen, you know what, so we all in this motherfucker, we all in this motherfucker, So I guess we're back, back here on uh, Sports and Things uh, podcast, uh, but this is a special edition uh, where we're doing the DC Loves Dilla panel discussion. And um, before we get into the next segment, which is called Turn It Up, which is directed at everybody except for Jay Hill, because he has already turned it up. (laughs) Um, We just want to recap. So we talked about the origins of the DC Loves Dilla uh, series as well as um, kind of just how uh, most of us or all of us became aware of Dilla and just kind of how, how how the little behind the scenes on how the rehearsals went and how John worked everybody who was there to death and made Aaron drive all the way to New Zealand and back every day. So um, <laughs> y'all making me sound like Jordan. <laughs> I mean, you bald headed oh, like him, so you point. Did you put somebody in the face in practice or something? Did you put somebody in rehearsal in the face? Oh, hey, we're, we're about hey, hey, no spoilers. We're about to get into no it. comment. <laughs> Only Munch knows the answer to that. Uh oh. Only Munch knows the so, answer yeah, to that. Yeah, broke nose. He broke his nose. <laughs> so, like I said, we're gonna, we're, we're going to do this whole thing sports and things style. So nice and loose and fun. Um, to the crowd. Um, you guys get to play along sports and things style. Definitely jump in, throw in your comments and questions. As you see, we'll throw some of them up on the screen. Um, and we might even answer some of your questions if we know the answers. Um, also, you can share some of your memories. Uh, you know, kind of if you were there, what you saw, what you experienced. Definitely help us out. So, you know, maybe something we didn't remember. So uh, anyway, on to the next segment. Turn it up. Uh, turn it up. Tur- 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 turn it up. Yeah. So uh um, nah, it's a full, full steam ahead, isn't it? It's not it's not turn it up yet. It's oh, full yeah, steam ahead. It's full steam ahead. Oh, it is full steam ahead. You're right. See? I was turned. Where, where? It notes. was me this time. Read the notes. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Aaron, man, I gotta drive back to China tonight. Anyway, oh. um <laughs> I'm going to ask a few of your favorite uh, Dilla song to perform. So, Bora, what is your favorite Dilla song to perform? My favorite Dilla song was the last song I did. It was uh, Bullshit. Okay. Uh, yes. Davenport. Yes. Uh, shout out to her crazy ass. Um, <laughs> yeah. That one, to be real, I don't even really, you know, people in D.C. know Deborah Bond to do Deborah Bond things. And that's um, not usually me singing about bullshitting or even using that kind of language. It's all like, so I got to kind of go a little bit harder and just yeah. aggressive with that shit. So. You're a fucking lady. We get it. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> I warned everybody. I warned everybody. Jay Hill is lit today. All right. Passing a long time. There's actually a funny story about India Davenport's performance. Very funny. Oh, it was, that was wasn't it? She was, she was, uh, she was late coming up onto the stage. Like we started playing her song. I think she was doing sometimes the Jay Dilla remix sometimes, and Grap Love of the Host introduced her, and we started playing the music, and just she nowhere to be found. <laughs> looping, we're just looping. And at the time, uh, the one of the members of the DC Let's Dilla team, Yvette, I look over at her, and she's not at her post. And then later, I come to find out Yvette had to run downstairs and pull her out of her dressing room. She was still in her dressing room. And she came out with this, I guess it's OK. Pre, it, it was the pre-COVID visor. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pre-COVID yeah, match. Yeah, I dug the house. I knew she had foresight. Yeah, she had. She had the match. And 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 Dennis and Dennis reminded me of this. She also had a dancer. She had a dancer with her that <laughs> fell on top of Aaron. It fell on top of Aaron Harden. Because Aaron was playing. Aaron was playing my my Fender Rhodes, and he had his keyboard on top of the Fender Rhodes and he had to put like a towel down because it wasn't really secure. And that keyboard almost lost its life because it <laughs> sure, yeah. sure you ain't make that one point. fell on top. <laughs> no. Yeah, you saw you saw your life flash before your li- your eyes, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember looking back. <laughs> you, know, you trying to do ballerina shit. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You're letting on this carpet shit. It ain't working. Wow. This is my livelihood, lady. Anyway, um, <laughs> really? Right on. Right my on. Bad. So, hey, so um, DJ Two Tone, what was your favorite Dilla song to perform at the show? Uh, I think um, I, I forget which year it was the year we had um, Robert Glasper. Um, as a, as one of the headliners and one of the guests, and um, uh, I I I got a chance to kind of grab his ear real quick before before we uh I mean I think think during like sound check, and um you know me as a as a DJ and just kind of you know having a history of playing with like bands and live musicians, you know one of the things I I enjoy doing a lot is like doing blends live blends with acapellas over whatever the whatever the band's doing so. Um, you know, I rap with him real quick. I was like, yeah, so what you, you know, what you, what you got going for tonight? What you doing? You know? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do this little riff, you know, kind of bleed into fall in love and, and just kind of play that, play that groove for a little while. I was like, well, yo, you know, holla at your boy. I got the acapella, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so he's like, he was like, yo, he's like, yo, if you, if you down with it, man, I'm, I'm down. So I was like, bet. I was like, just, you know, cute, kind of cue me in. He's like, yeah, just just listen for the listen for the you know, for the um kind of for the chords to start coming in. He's like, I'm just be riffing around for a while, but once it comes in, man, if you if you're comfortable with it. So I think I, I at least, you know, definitely wanted to run it by John, like so there weren't no surprises. But um yeah, that was a cool, just kind of cool moment being able to to do the live blend with the, you know, um uh I'm sorry, it wasn't fall in love, it was yeah, uh, the look of love. 
J88 joint. So oh, he started playing, yeah. He started playing the chords yeah. for that. Yeah. And um and then he had to start blending the acapella and then eventually the, the, the band started picking up, you know, after that. So that was that was a nice, nice, pleasant moment performance um at one of those joints. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story there. Um Roddy. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> no, that wasn't. No, it really wasn't a cool story. I didn't say cool story, bro. I just said it was very cool story. Yeah, man, you didn't sound enthused. You should let Jay say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jay, yeah. Can you repeat what I just said? No, that was some dope shit. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for translating. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an angry, angry translator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get to talk about Dan Snyder today, so I can't, you know. Wow, I don't know where Whoa, please move on. That's a good idea. I, I Thank you. Yeah, but it also bears mentioning that, that that it also bears mentioning that Roddy Rod was also um he was also an artist too, not just a DJ. So yeah. okay, okay, right, right, right. Yep. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, that was um the first time getting to the to the question um. The best song uh, by far was the only song I I performed on, but it was the most craziest was "Fuck the Police." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> big up to my sister, big up to my sister Messina, because she yeah, at yeah. time she, she was we were pretty much on each other like, "Yo, you better get this right," <laughs> you know, like like that's when I really, I, you know, I've always known that JD was crazy MC. But um, you know that those two verses and mm-hmm. fuck the police, especially the second verse. The second verse. The second verse was nuts. And um, I think the first time we performed it was at Live, and this was when we had Dwelle and Rest in Peace Fight Dog. And um, mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. Y'all Google is YouTube. Yep. And um, it was probably the most craziest and dopest you know feeling in the world to like nail it and then look over mm. to the side and see miss yancy like with the approval and right, right. messina messina nailed her verse like yeah. i knew she would and yeah. when i nailed mine and we was like on cloud nine that was probably the, the craziest that was the, that was that was it that was it yo on top of that i remember uh having to I had to remember the rhythm of Dilla's verse, especially the second verse. And there's a part where he says, you know, ill with the flows and ill with the beats, ill with the rubber, the solo, like that part. And I was like, I have to hit those hits. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I played it in rehearsal. I played it in rehearsal and on the show, Dennis nailed it with me. Like no bullshit. Like (laughs) that just tells you like the level of, of music exactly that just tells you the level of musicianship in the band like it, it it goes all the way down to the horns aaron harden the the djs the supporting vocalists like this was a supreme level of musicianship on one stage and i don't think a lot of people really understood what they were watching this isn't just like a damn jazz band just playing some music playing a cover band this ain't no damn cover band. Right, right. This was like this shit was this a, was a family to a, to a to a great man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was your favorite before, song to perform, Munch? 
What? <laughs> what just happened? What, what just happened? <laughs> when y'all motherfuckers got it right, that was my favorite song before. Got it right. He's like, what's my favorite song? When niggas showed up one time. When niggas showed up. <laughs> exactly. Right. I love that. Much one. never I watched. Love that. I like. Much never one. watched the show, man. Uh, Munch never so, watched the show. Hey, he was always yeah, shout, stage. Shout, shout out to Munch, man. Like the, the level of dedication behind the scenes, man. I, I I know we're going not to not to jump ahead, but I'll never forget that 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 night at uh, South by Southwest, man. Yeah, yeah. Woo. You were like, yo, we need a table. Oh I'm gonna find a fucking table. Like we're gonna find a table back here somewhere. Like it was, yeah. You were you were on it, brother. So. Yeah, props to you, man. We gotta save the Southwest West stories. We got, we gotta save. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole new thing. I didn't mean to jump, jump ship there to the much. Good, keep going. Yeah, so we just we're seeing um, a question coming up from Brian. There, we're gonna get. We're actually gonna answer your question, Brian. Uh, First, real quick, I just want to finish this question, Maestro Aaron Harden. What was your favorite Dilla song to perform? Or is, uh, or was, or is. I think I'm with Two Tone. Um, actually, on the at least on the show that we're talking about, so that was. I think we were at the Fillmore that, that was year. The Fillmore. Um, yeah. We, yeah, well, yeah, we had Still Glass. Was, we had yeah. um, we had man. That show was long as hell. I do remember that. Um, <laughs> oh God! Tell me about that. Seven guest artists. So <laughs> dude, that was, that was the one show I missed. Yeah, for for all that said, I missed though, that one um, too, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time that I played with Sundo, and um, so I did talk box uh, place of Herbie. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, get funny. Uh, and um, yeah, get money. Ever since I've been called Young Herbie, and so that was, <laughs> that was a dope moment. Um, wow. Yeah, we've wow. stayed connected through the years because of that. So it's sweet. Wow, that is yeah. Uh, that show was long hard. because that show was long because Munch kept adding artists <laughs> to the lineup as the week of the show was going on. It's like, oh, by the way, Robert Glass is going to be on. Oh, by the way, Guilty Simpson is going to be on. Oh yeah, by the way, Frank Nitt is going to be on the show. I'm like, god damn, the show was four hours long. That was a long ass mm-hmm. show. Sorry, I had to, mm-hmm. had to yeah, yeah, I had to drive home after that Munch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time you get home? Six thirty. I mean, at, the, at the end of the day, we, you know, I was like, let's just make it a Detroit throwdown show. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how all that came together. And Glasgow was supposed to do it. Then he said he couldn't do it. And then he called me. He was like, "Yo, so what's up with the show?" <laughs> oh wow! Are you serious? He See, said, this is why Munch don't watch the show. Like, he was like, because he, like, he was supposed to do something with, uh, he was supposed to go on tour with uh, Maxwell or something like that. And then that didn't, it didn't pan out. And he was like, yo, I'm available. What's up? Oh, that's funny. What am I going to do? Say no? So much. Actually. I remember that was the show that Aaron did the thing with the, with the vocoder joint. Mm-hmm. That shit was, that yep. shit, that shit mm-hmm. was killed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. Yes, so, so much. While I got you talking, we have an audience question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably won't let you take the first stab at it. So, uh, Brian Douglas uh, on Facebook asked us, BJ. "Who have you guys?" BJ, mm-hmm. BJ Rock. All right. What up, brother? What up, BJ? All oh, right. uh, I would say. Oh, you I see mean, the question? Is, there you I mean, there's a few, but 
to be honest, I kind of wanted to, uh, I really wanted, as much as I wanted Q-Tip, me and, me and John definitely wanted Q-Tip, but as much as I wanted Q-Tip, I also wanted uh, um, J Elect Electronica. Like, Ooh. he was, you know, he was just one of them, one of those, like, yo, that, this, this dude is on some other shit, and, you know, Maybe he didn't have a whole bunch of tracks with Della, but we just felt like, at least I felt like, he would have been just super dope to have over, over Dilla Beats Live. Mm -hmm. So that I would say that that was that's one of the was one of those cats that um, I definitely wanted to have have on the show, and um, yeah, I ended up you know rapping to him because he was he opened for Common. I forget what year it was. He opened for Common. And then, you know, we try to make something happen, but it just, it just, he's kind of elusive. And so that it just never, it just never happened. Yeah. I'll tell, you who, I, I, I tell you who I wanted. I wanted Buster Rhymes. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. wanted Buster Rhymes to, to do a DC Loves Dilla so bad. And I was really close because uh, I got in touch with Pete, Peter Rosenberg, who was going to be a host one year. Um, but he had a schedule conflict, and he was going to talk to Bust on the show. And as a matter of fact, he mentioned it to him, and Buster said he was down. But Buster, um, he had, he had. I think he was, he wasn't going on tour, but I think he had like a, a recording session with someone like in London or Germany or something like that. He wanted, but to man. Do it. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to do it. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to do it. Well, we were, I mean, we were, we were trying, man. Like every year we would start off with a list and yeah. go down the list. And a lot of times what we ran into was a lot of cats were overseas. Yeah. Our show. Right. Like it never failed. Like every, that's because that was prime tour, tour, season. tour time yeah. over in Europe. And so we were just kind of, you know, Who's left? stuck in that way. <laughs> but we did try to get busted, but Buster, you know, I talked to some of his people and they were just, I, I can't really go into it, but, but then, you know, there was the, the whole, oh. money, the whole, the whole money piece. And so, you yeah. know, he was, you know, he was, he was basically blowing up the whole, you know, artist budget. And so just like, but we had a, we had a good, a good situation. Cause that's, you know, Mick, cause Mick came to do the show. And when mm -hmm. Mick came to do the show, he was like, Oh shit. I, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I gotta get Buster yeah. to do the mm -hmm. show next year or whatever, and so you know, and that's kind of how we started to go down that road. But yeah, it just you know, it just didn't happen. Yeah, needed some more uh, sponsors. Yeah, it was the same thing with Erica Badu too, I believe. So yeah, but we'll I see. feel I feel like that's how it was happening. Do another one. year by year. Like somebody, we would get like just that next level artist and they would be like yo this shit is serious like this ain't some this ain't some karaoke shit they they killing it over in dc you gotta do it and then you would get the next name so even myself it would be one of those we doing this again next year right oh shit i wonder who we're gonna get next year because this shit was bananas this year yeah so it would always give you that feeling like yo who and john would purposely not say shit one, because you can't guarantee shit, so I get that, but it would be that the day of, oh, just so you know, um, we got Michael Jackson. What the fuck? 
Like what? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like don't worry wow. about it. Don't worry about it. We, we got him though. He he coming on. Shit. So it's like he would keep you in suspense just because of like yeah. I don't know if the dude is really gonna show up. So uh, let's uh, let's not say anything yet. <laughs> it was literally la- It was it was generally like a last minute, last minute. Yeah. Uh, decision. Like, I think Munch confirmed that Common was literally at the 11th hour. Or Ooh. not Common, I'm sorry. Dela was at the 11th hour. It was like, nah, Dela, Dela can't do it. But whoever was on that show, I can't even remember who it was. We were just going to make them the headliner. And then two or three days before the show, I get a text from Munch at one in the morning. He's like, Dela can do it. I was like, oh, my God. So I had to get out of bed and I had to completely redo the structure of the show for the rehearsal the next night. So it's literally like it just comes down to the 11th. I mean, the whole thing was 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 just tricky because, I mean, you have you have artists who are just who are doing what they do. And, you know, if you're not paying top dollar, they have to kind of like weigh the options Mm -hmm. for one or two songs. And then, you, you know, to be honest, sometimes. You know, I didn't even I didn't know who the headliner was gonna be because they <laughs> nobody was nobody was um, everybody was kind of like playing the waiting game, the waiting game. Oh, if we're gonna if we go to Europe, then we can't do it. If we stay here, then we can do it. And right. then you know some and then and then depending on who the artist was, if they were in town, you know you have these radius clauses, which means that if you're performing, them until after they perform. You can't, you know, saying you can't announce that you're going to have them and they're performing like three weeks prior. So you have to wait. You have to wait. And then then when you, you know, so that that's that was a whole nother marketing marketing process. So, you know, so we would just put it out there that this was the date and we wouldn't say who the who the artist (laughs) would be. There was a show coming. And then, you know, after the artist performed locally. Then we would just go crazy, you know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times, yeah, yeah. Ideally, we would we would want to have at least shit two months, you know, even a month. But sometimes it would be like three weeks, and it was what it was. So, yeah. From an yeah. Check real quick okay. because there's at least three shows you guys have spoken about that I wasn't on on stage. And what was amazing about what you guys have done with the whole platform is that didn't know as artists in the in the city in dc we didn't know who was going to be the headline we didn't know what was mm-hmm. going to go down so the years that you you weren't on that stage once you've done it once or twice it was like a like no like the robert glasper <laughs> there in the audience like that to me is just a nod to it, it was kind of like a a cool dynamic to not know what was going to happen every year. Yeah. Who was going to show up and like for, you know, performers, we wanted to just kind of be in the loop and just, you know, get that call to, to join it. So to me, like y'all, y'all did, even though I know you got, you had last minute folks, there were folks you couldn't get for a performer that admired what you guys were doing. It was just so like, you had us kind of all on the edge of our seats. Who's next? Who's gonna be next? And like, yeah. I get the call, you know. So, mm-hmm. 
no matter what. Although I would have loved in a I've got it. see D'Angelo there. Yeah. Mm. yeah. A lot of people. It's a lot of people. Wow. So we, we by the way, I've gotten a lot of phone I, I've got I received a lot of phone calls from past artists who didn't perform a certain year, like, yo, why didn't you call me? Like Munch and I had a, <laughs> we had, we had a text thread about a couple of artists who were like, they were boycotting DC Loves Dilla, because they took it personally that they weren't on one year, and I had to explain to them, we can't have the same artists every year. We have to, we have to stagger it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you have to, you have to read the audience. So that got school. You know. All right, so uh, we had some more audience questions come in. So um, we can move on to the next audience question. So Jamie Frazier has a very good question for Munch and Jay, I mean John and uh, uh, Roddy and all. Are there any plans to resurrect this show? I'll let well, you hesitate in awkward silence for a few moments. You know, it's... Um, <laughs> When we ended the show in 2015, it was always, it, we always looked at it as not a but a see you later type of deal, but we just wanted to approach the situation correctly because we, the, the reason why we ended the show was because of the band they they took on other other gigs. For example, uh, Dennis and I started touring, doing festival tours during the summer with Odyssey. Um, Aaron Hard to pick up a gig with J Cole, um, and and other artists started or other musicians started doing other things during the summertime. So we thought ten years was a great number, and Common was the best artist perfect, perfect. to end with. Yeah. So at the end of that, we were like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> do we do 15 years? Do we do 20 years? So we're approaching 15 years. And um, we, uh, we, Munch and I have been kind of brainstorming something, um, but we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Um, so we're, we're, we're treading lightly right now. We're, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen. Maybe we'll make a decision by this summer. So we'll see. All right. Jay Dilla don't like COVID. Right. right. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. That's all you can do. That's all you can do, much. That's all you can do. BJ, BJ and Gangsta Mittens, a.k.a. Monica, they're like, you got to give us reason to come back. They're on the they're on the West Coast now. Right. Those are the homies. So. There's ever reason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Huh. That's Munch. a very good question. What'd you think, Munch? Like two hours? Um, two and a half? <laughs> <laughs> Wish. I mean, it was you know, the the thing that I guess most people don't realize is that the the whole thought process and everything everything kind of was like a year round thing. So mm -hmm. you know, when we when I wasn't producing the show, I was helping them to market the show. Because as much as, like, I was just telling John, like, DC, DC Love Dilla is kind of like a bubble. Like, the shit is, mm -hmm. is hot. 
And but people think that Dilla is this bigger figure than than he might actually be. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's artists who you can say that say their name and you know exactly who they are. And mm-hmm. and they would, you know, they pack a place with no problem. But there was so much educating that had to happen every time you, you stepped out to to promote J Dilla that it had to be a year round thing. So whether, you know, whether there was like some kind of outdoor festival and, you know, you were selling t-shirts, like you'd have to educate people every single time because they don't know who the hell, like they would, they would, people would be like, yo, I like that t-shirt. Like, but who's Dilla or what's Dilla? And so you'd have to educate people all day, every day. And then you hope that they remember, Mm -hmm. try to get, Try to get emails just so we can put them on a list so that when the show comes around, we can promote to them. So, so man, it, it, it never really stopped. Like, even down to just kind of working working networks to try to see how we can go to place, you know, set up in places like um, Sneaker. What was that Sneaker thing that used to come to D.C. every year? Sneaker Pimps. Oh. Sneaker Pimps, yeah. So we would go to, you know, we would go to Sneaker Pimps yeah. and set up a table so we could, you know, raise money for the show. And to get people to to be more familiar with Jay Dilla, and they didn't, you know, it was kind of like how we were back when we heard Drop and Running. I mean, we didn't know who the producer was, and so it was that whole thing over, like all over again. So we, you know, we would go to Sneaker Pimps and set up, and then hit people for Jay Dilla. We would go to other shows and set up and hit people with Jay Dilla. So it wasn't like. It wasn't like it ever really stopped per se. It was, I was, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was always on. You were always on because you always had to educate folks and hit people to what what we were doing. And but I think it right. paid off, and I think 10, 10, 10 was just a really good number. And like John said, Common was, a, you know, Common was like the quintessential. You know, he was one of the like one of the top two. Like for John, I'd say I'd say it was like because John was like, "Yo, we gotta get Q-Tip. And then, but and then I, we, yeah. we, were, we were both like, "Yo, Q-Tip, Common, shit. That's that's a good look either way. So let's let's rock." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, we're gonna get into some more audience questions a little bit later. So, uh, but right now we're gonna move on to our next question for the panel. Um, so the next question is, we want the panelists to talk about the most difficult song to learn and perform and i'm going to start off with miss now we know who we're talking about miss bora bond no not much bora (laughs) (laughs) i repeated some songs so they won't be that difficult to me uh but there was uh hey deborah we're having a tough time hearing you hear me can you hear me there we go that's that's much better much better so uh yeah the badu joint um, feel me. I'm just gonna be an artist and just uh, me. What's that called? What's the name of that joint? Oh, you talking about um? Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know the name. Uh, this one uh, is for Dilla. Uh, uh, that yeah. you want me? Yeah. And see, that's the thing about rehearsal, mm-hmm. Gabor. Like he will, John will call out shit, and you like what? Which you know the one that goes. Uh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I, I love the the feel of it. The you know, it's it's a vibe, but it was just um, 
it had like for a singer, you know, Jay Hill, you know what's up. It, it didn't really have it wasn't melodic. So right. More more like robotic. So yep, trying right. to structure be entertaining while you <clears throat> and, and oh. you know, like there's for me, like the the melodies actually kind of help my body language. So like I remember coming out on the stage to that. It was we just did a little segment of it or like a peak. We did it was real quick and then we went into to bullshitting. So then I the drama came. But before that, like stepping out to that, I was like, what am I doing? Like it was just a little <laughs> I was like, I d I didn't feel um locked with it. That was you know, more of a personal thing. Yeah. yeah. But the 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 safety net for that feeling was the audience knew pretty much like Dennis said, the first 30 minute and a half of what you were doing. So yep. you had audience yeah. participation before you started the damn song. Yep. Right. yep. So it was That's like, true. oh yeah, all right, y'all, let's go. Exactly. I ain't gotta say shit. That helped me kind of keep my little swag because yeah. when the music started and that, that group was so hot and you guys had everything so locked, I was kind of like, what? It was more like, you know, bring it and match them vocally. And that was a little bit like, how do I do that when there's no real movement in the melodies? So mm -hmm. for me, uh, it was a little bit tougher, but the the audience and the band, like it, 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 didn't, it didn't matter. It was amazing, still. So, yeah. Can I go, or we? Can I? Can I interject? Because I can. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you my. Sure. You're, you're not on the list, Dennis. I'm sorry, you can't. Come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> All right. So the hardest song for me was. Uh, we, I, I don't know, I remember when we did it. I think we did it at the Black Cat, but it was uh, serious. And I remember rehearsing that song and me and Brock <laughs> trying to play that line together and missing it 85% of the time. And then just starting, so you get that. And then when you hear that, that intro. I have the recording of that show. Oh boy. It's like you're, you're building up like your hands getting all tense and then you got to play that line for the entire song. And it's like, Yo, I remember listening to it. Yeah. It was it was one of the most painstaking moments yep. on a Jay Dilla stage. Let me quick, quickly interrupt. John is starting to conduct rehearsal right here. See? On the live stream. Yeah, you missed the note, Dennis. We're going to be here until 2 a.m. Trey, here's the funny Trey, thing. your food is flat, by the way. <laughs> Look, we be, <laughs> be doing a song of rehearsal, like, da -da 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 -da, and he's like, wait, wait, let's go. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> like, yeah, fucker. <laughs> but you know who always saved you guys? But you know who always saved you guys was, was Roddy and Two Tone. Because what would happen is, even oh, though they didn't right. do it in rehearsal, what they would do during the show is yep. they would put on an a cappella and just yep. cut and scratch over it. Scratch it. And I all of a right sudden, I didn't feel safe. It, would, it would leave you guys. It, it would, it would, it would ease safe. you guys up. You know what I mean? I, I, like for example, there's 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 a song there's a song that we did. I think it was um, I think I think they played it in the intro. It was uh, McNasty Filth. It there's a there's a time where Aaron and Dennis don't line up during during one of the changes. You know what I mean? But what was happening on stage between authentic Lalo and Camber, like it just none of that mattered. It was just the energy that everybody just kind of brought to the table. It didn't matter if somebody if somebody fucked up. 
it was just the energy that was on the stage at that very moment that just overtook any any mistakes. And I didn't give a shit either if, if, if anybody fucked up. Hey, I was having a time of my life. Say, I apologize. Right. I, I, I didn't mean for Dennis to not know the song. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, so, so, with that, so, so with that, the next thing is, he doesn't know that I can mute his ass because I'm still in that ministry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, Aaron, so, so with, with, with Aaron weighing in, um, I do want to, my next, uh, the next uh, person I want to ask is Aaron. And I, I know Aaron's. Uh, I'm a killer. None of this music was difficult to me. <laughs> Aaron, go ahead. Um, Let us know how easy it all was. Nah, not so you know from people's perspective, and and maybe from everybody, for everybody, like the the way that some of this is chopped up, it's so unorthodox. So um, there was always a lot of learning to do when it came to a village joint. I know by far the the thing that gave me the most problems, and I can't remember which one of his two songs that it was, but it was uh, one of Miguel Atwood's um, arrangements. Oh, I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, oh. It was one of them, and it had a solo. You're thing talking about? Uh, like, yeah, um, it was. Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what's the name of that joint? Fantastic Volume One. Something Pucky. and Pucky. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, Thank the, you. so the thing about it is, I had learned the Hawk and Pucky pattern. I was great on it, but then it was like, no. So why don't you do a solo over it? It's like yeah, that is a solo. Like, what do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that being a pain. Yeah, just loop that, Aaron. Just loop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just play it. So yeah, just play it and figure something else out, and then come back in with the pattern. It's like, <laughs> okay, bro, I to do what? Okay, yeah, I can do that. Wait, I got a question, yeah. Aaron. What was the joint that you um when we did the Jay Dilla challenge at my house? What was the song? It was the uh, uh, at my it, house. Was it was turn me up. So it was turn me up. It was turn me up. So I challenged, yeah. I challenged Aaron to look to to play. The Buster Rhymes Turn Me Up song joint that Dylan yeah, did. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he did it. He did it. It's on Instagram, isn't it? Yes, yes you did, brother. YouTube is somewhere. Yeah, yeah there you go. Okay. Right there there. That's, That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, because I remember I said, I remember I put it, I remember I put it in the chat, and then Aaron was like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> he just he just played he played the joint he played the joint he nailed it yeah yeah all right all right so DJ Two Tone difficult songs to learn or perform what you got uh to be honest not not really anything with the band per se I would say like um I always kind of felt like I always kind of uh. uh Nutted up a little bit on the on the DJ segment where we had to just do some you know do like a little five minute set, um, and I think it would all to me it was always I felt like I, I it just got so challenging because I had to find a balance you know even yeah Roddy would be be there with me too sometimes we had to just go back and forth but finding the balance of like all right don't play none of the stuff that's on the set list right that's one <laughs> all this music that you get like forty joints right there you know no, right. Um, yeah. 
and then but then you know it, it's it's also hard because yeah you know for for cats that are like that are heads uh adil and jd um it's hard not to want to play like you know you want to find that balance of like i can't be too obscure but like i listen to this this stuff so much to, to like beat tape stuff doesn't even seem obscure to me so like i'm you know i'm gonna play this stuff anyway so i'm gonna play this album cut from j88 or i'm gonna play you know so it's mm. it was always kind of hard finding you know toting that line of like again i gotta make I sure i gotta get look at this list again yeah not play that but then you know as a as a fan of dealer like what what can i play that i feel like best represents you know what i know as a as a, as a fan what's out there um and not also just not play the most obvious stuff either too so true, true. that that usually was like the the tough part and then to still also think about like yeah i kind of i still want the the audience to kind of get into this um but it's hard when like only 10 percent of them even know what this track is right here that i'm playing or um so that 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 was kind of the challenging part i would say most of the times for me um yeah during during some of the shows wow yeah, that's a dope perspective. That's very interesting. But um, so, why? Okay, Jay, Nelson, you, Jay, Jay, okay, you, Jay can, can, can you uh, sauce that up for him real quick? Jay, Yo, please. that was like, I mean, like, just the way that you, the way that you broke mm -hmm. it down. Like nobody yeah. would ever think about it like that from a DJ. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That was Thanks, dope. Man. Hey, thank you, man. That's what I was trying to say. I mean, I wouldn't think of it like that, you know, as a musician. I, I will add my two cents. I mean, what you said about stepping on the band by playing those songs. I mean, I can't count the number of gigs that during the break, the DJ comes on and plays the song that you're going to open with the next set. And you're like, wow, thanks, dude. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I know about that from being on the receiving end. So definitely. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a definite no no when you know you you spinning and you got performers coming up and it's like you you know unwritten rule you don't ever play anything from the performer unless you know for a fact they yeah, not performing right. that song. Yep, you have to yep. know that. Yeah, and me and me yep. and Tone used to go over all the time like, okay, what have we not played about the years? Or well, we yep. try to find like the most obscure. You know, they're yep. going to play. Um, that's what I wanted y'all to do. That's what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that's what I wanted y'all to do. I wanted because I because I knew Roddy all of the I used to get like Roddy had all the Dilla joints, man. Like he, he, would, yep. he would bless me with like all the all, all the beats that everybody was downloading from LimeWire or Napster, but he had like it was Roddy and Grab Lover. Grab Lover actually had. Uh, Dilla beat tape he got from Dilla. From Dilla. Dilla wrote on the CD in his handwriting, like two grap, and he let me copy that. And I was like, you know, Roddy, just play that stuff because I want people in the audience to be like, yo, what was the shit that the DJ was playing like mm -hmm. right before the show? Like, I wanted the unheard shit that people didn't have. Yeah, you know, big, up, big, up, big up, big up to Waddy and how shoes. Um, and, Both and from, from Detroit, mm -hmm. they I used to always out there. So always give me alley oops because I would hit up YG yeah. and and house shoes religiously a week before. Like, yo, we're doing this. You know, you know what I'm calling for. He'd be like, yo, I'm sending right. stuff. And between right. us, we always you know we used to go back and forth and be like, yo, I got this. And I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, every year, are, every year, every year, every year, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the yo, hell is man. this? Yo, incredible. Yeah. incredible. 
incredible. I remember when we got the um the Mary J. Blige remixes that never came out. You remember that song? Like spazzed out. Come close comment remix with Mary. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Lauren there was a Lauren Hill remix too that never came out too. For sure. Did she ever show up? Oh wait, never mind. Wrong, um, wrong, wrong show. Still on the way, bro. Sorry, sorry. Still on the way. Yeah, right. It didn't right. come out. Still on the way. Uh, yeah. So it didn't come out. Anyway, so there you go. Don't mean to cut anybody <laughs> off, but we got more show to do, and uh, so we have a short break. Um, and audience, you'll get to see some more highlights from the DC Loves Dilla show. Thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with us.
Yo, you know what's funny about that show? That's PTSD. You you see how live Booty Brown was in that? Do you remember the rehearsal (laughs) for that show? Aaron remembers. Aaron remembers. Booty Brown did not want to be there. He did not want to be there, man. He was a wallflower. (laughs) I, I, I really feel like he thought this was just a couple of kids who just wanted to play some Dilla music and we were going to be performing at Stereo some bar with like 20 ready. people. They were not they were not ready because when Booty Brown, I know Booty Brown smoked some weed in the dressing room and then when he came down and saw that the joint was sold out or nearly sold out, he was like, yo, like this is some real shit. It's legit. Yes. It no, is legit. He was night and day from that clip that y'all saw. That is not what he looked like the night before. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just so, to know that. So, I'll John, I haven't had the privilege of meeting Mr. Brown, but I will add that as a grown man, I'm not calling no other dude booty. Come on, man. You got to respect. You got to say the whole name. That's his name. The whole name. 
That's Yo, his, real, uh, real quick. He, that's his name. Yo, yo, that that show actually was a real good uh, testament to what Muss was, uh, you know, talking about early on about the need to like educate people of Dilla and and the legacy like over the years. Because I do vividly remember that show. If you you know looking at that clip, it looked live as hell up in there. But prior mm. to Farside going on stage as the known, you know legendary yeah, hip-hop right. group headliner that crowd looked like i mean like they were watching a, a ted Who's talk next? for the first Who's two hours yeah. they were just right. like and I, yeah. I remember i vividly remember that it was kind of like yo <laughs> they they're not giving no love to like everybody yeah. else doing yeah. all this other stuff and and you know the stuff we were playing and yeah and then as soon as far as i hit it was just kind of like okay this is what y'all came here for all right <laughs> by the way that show day from daylight was at that show and that's what got him yep. to do yep. the the next show the, the joint yeah yeah sure <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like again, it was like, oh, okay. You go up one level. The next, who who gonna be there next year? People talk, and even the artists talk. Like, yo, I did this joint in D.C. with these cats. I don't know who the hell any of them are, but they serious about this shit, and they they pretty good at it. Yo, you might want to get down on this. And then you getting calls mm-hmm. from, oh shit, I heard y'all doing a little something over in D.C. Can I be down? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what we. Daylight was my favorite. I remember when me and Two Tone took a trip to check out the the Detroit Villa. Yeah, oh, I know this story. And, um, I know this story. And, and <laughs> the crazy part about it that was it that was an ill trip, and um, it it was definitely weird to be there because they definitely didn't give it up like how we gave it up in D.C. And I remember specifically like um, I forgot who was introducing us to folks when we got there. Grap was hosting it. But I remember, mm-hmm. like, every time they said DC loves Dilla, like, people kind of parted the way to make sure, like, oh, you know, like, go, yeah, yeah. Well, no, would, you, would you like some beverages? You know what I mean? Like, they treated us, they, they treated us with top notch, you know, because they knew that where, you know, the, the, what they've heard from DC loves like, we didn't mm-hmm. play. And YG, right. like, he signed it in the beginning. He was like, yo, I ain't, Y'all are the first ones to even do a tribute for Dilla, even before the Donuts Are Forever event in New York, mm-hmm, and right, um, the right. DJ event. I'm a, I'm speaking about DJ event, but um, I think we was we was held in high regard way back way back then. Then when the when the, mm-hmm. the show that was 2011. Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah, Ronnie, Man. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because uh, after this show. Um, I'm actually hosting the after party. Uh, it's called PG County Loves Dilla, and it's in my mention. <laughs> so get at me. Get at me. Munch, did you have anything to do with that? <laughs> PG County Loves Dilla. You ain't had nothing to do with that. Please. Please say <laughs> I was going to say, Munch, don't try to take credit. That's mine. Okay? It's all mine. All right. Oh, here we go. Hey. <laughs> so as the timekeeper, I'm gonna say we got to move on. Yeah, okay. I was trying to get there before you called me out, but uh, anyway, right, next right, question. Um, it'll be our next and actually final question. Uh, we'll have, we're gonna have a discussion about uh, final question for the night. We will be back tomorrow. Same bat channel, same bat time, same bat place, all of the bad stuff. So anyway, just a couple different bats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't think of anything witty, so I'm just gonna say something normal. <laughs> um, 
the DC Loves Dilla did a South by Southwest performance. Oh, uh, did we? Okay. oh boy. So everybody talk about your experience with that performance. <laughs> Memories, good things, bad things, throw in some, you know, let's get some not too much drama, but maybe a little bit of drama up in here. Um, and with that, I'm going to start with Jason Hill. Damn. Government. So the thing I remember vividly was we were down there with uh, R.E. Yeah. So that's rare go -go, for the uninitiated. Yes. That is rare right? for, for the unknown. Uh, they weren't, but they weren't, on, go -go they weren't performing with us, but I think they were there. But they performed Essence after. was basically performing. Yeah, they, Essence was no. Essence was the same line. It was the same lineup. But they went early. It was the same show. It was the same show. Right. And black and black alley too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I remember like people going like, okay, so what are y'all gonna do? Because we know what the go go is, and we kind of familiar with, you know, um, black alley slightly. But what are y'all gonna do? And nobody really had any kind of understanding of what it was of course, outside of D.C. And when we got up there, I remember it was stuff being cut at the last minute because it was literally like a mashup show. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, um, oh, okay, so we had 20 minutes. We now have two. So we're going to do, uh, I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Right. <laughs> so this song yeah. is cut. This song is cut. Yeah. We're going to kind of transition to this one. So it was a whole different atmosphere from what we were used mm -hmm. to, but we still killed the shit, and everybody was like, yo, like, is there more? Like, no, nah, they, they told us we ain't had no more. So if you want more, you gotta you gotta come follow us. So fuck y'all. So it was kind of like, all right, y'all want to treat us like that? Because <laughs> it was like nobody was a headliner. So they didn't know what to expect. It was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is DC Loves Dilla? Like with a question mark. Okay, whatever that is. So, I mean. I'm gonna tell you how. I remember how. the energy though. I remember the energy when we finished was like, yo, y'all killed that shit. The all all three minutes and thirty seconds y'all had y'all killed that shit. <laughs> that was the thing that was amazing to me. It's like you ain't seen shit. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you all the fucked up shit that happened in the span all of that. Of it? So yes, because the preparation was the oh, preparation wow. was fine. <laughs> the preparation was fine. Yeah. We flew everybody down there, down to Austin, Texas. Oh man, I um, and what what was what was fucked up about it was the. Uh, the the crew who was supposed to be helping get stuff on get stuff off who was supposed to be producing the event they were the south by southwest crew mm -hmm. and what was jacked up was there was another band not affiliated with dc and i can't i can't remember who the, who the what the name of the band was but it was some punk band and they went on i think second i don't know who went on first but this band went on second, and then Rare Essence went on, or, or something like that, and and then um, Odyssey went on. Mm -hmm. yeah, Odyssey was about to go on. The, the punk band, the punk band didn't. No, no, no. He went. Uh, Odyssey went on before us. The punk yeah, band yeah. went over their time limit. The punk band was supposed to all, all, they were only supposed to do like 20 minutes and they ended up doing like 35 to 40 minutes and the crew that was working never kicked them off so then odyssey came on and we were talking 
before before he came on, we were talking, and he was like, "Look, just tell me how many songs you want me to do." And we were like, "Just do your show. Just do your show. Just do however long." And he did thirty minutes. As a matter of fact, I think he cut the last song, so he did like twenty five minutes. Well, and did. then and then there was an issue with the Fender Rhodes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron. But there was an issue with the Fender Rose. Like they didn't know how to put the Fender Rose on the stage. And as a as a result, it was like, okay, now we're killing time with with the Fender Rhodes. Uh-huh. So that killed so much shit. That that killed more time. And by the time we were finally able to have like a line check and we were finally able to start, we had like five minutes or ten yep. minutes left in the show. And we had to squeeze in Roddy MC and Authentic and Jay Hill and whoever else was being featured on the show. And by the end of it, I was like, well, this, this fucking sucked. We flew down here for, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, that was terrible. Wow. I'm like, this, this just, this fucking, I mean, I enjoyed the Rare Essence set. Oh, yeah, they killed they, they fucking crank. killed it. They crank like shit. Mm-hmm. They, they fucking killed As a matter of fact, the bartender... One of the bartenders who was working there is from DC and he moved to Texas. So when he heard that Rare Essence was going to be, he was like, I want to work the show that Rare Essence is doing. But all that to say, that, sh- that show was fucked up. <laughs> I can tell you what I remember. I remember, uh, I remember you, a few things. I remember all the cables that were on the ground from the oh, Swiss to see. Oh my God. It was, oh, yes. it was a clusterfuck of cables. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember. Uh, having to wait around all day to sound check. Uh-huh. Um, that was kind of weird because we, they showed us the food. It's like this is playing. It just put us in a waiting room for like 17 hours. Yeah. And we had to wait to go set up. We, mm-hmm. The whole thing was we could have set up. We could have just hopped on, hopped off. It wouldn't have been, you know. So shout out to whoever was um, state manager for that event that day. Um, and I remember, I still have it somewhere, they but suck. the set list that John wrote out. And then all the scratched out songs that we couldn't do, because <laughs> it's like we got five minutes. It was like yeah. seventeen songs in the set list. Yeah, we got nothing. We played like three. Yeah, we played like three songs, and then we had to get off stage. Mm-hmm. So, but it was you know it, you you. It was whack, man. But, I mean, yeah. food truck, the food truck mall was on point though. It was, yeah. yes. It was. The food truck was on point. Yes. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Very odd, man. There's a certain spots you start touring around. Like, I feel like people catalog where the food is at. Very cruise taco truck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember between, between them, yeah. between them <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, whatever hotel we were staying in had um, open bar. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I totally remember that. Do you, have, do you have a memory munch of, of South by Southwest that you want to share? Uh, <laughs> 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 it was I mean, uh, I don't know. It's probably a, a bunch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, like that shit was. Uh, so I mean, first, well, first and foremost, because I was, uh, I was, co- I was co-curating that that showcase, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, I was like, re, I want, I, I thought re should have been the headline. That's what I thought. That's, that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Big problem. I guess the thing, you know, but when we when we were talking to the uh, when we were talking to the uh, 
to the South by Southwest folks, they were like, you guys are the headliner. Mm. And then I was just oh, like, well, didn't know that. okay. If that's what, yeah. y'all, that's what y'all wanted yeah. to do, then, we, you know, that's how we'll, we'll roll, you know, but I thought Ari should be the headliner. And that's why we ended up with so much shit on stage. Cause you know Ari rolls deep, right? right? So yeah. it was like right. thir- it was like thirteen right. of them. Like we we're already deep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you try, you know, you yeah. trying to, and the stage wasn't really that big. Like At we're all. accustomed to being on like a, a thirty by thirty stage. You know what I'm saying? Like that stage was right. like, like it was like seven by seven. So just imagine all of them on that stage. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it was so crazy. And there were so many cables laying around because you had to get all the RE stuff stuff off. And, you know, yeah. it ain't like they yeah, playing track. Right. <laughs> right. It ain't like they playing <laughs> tracks <or> anything. <laughs> playing yeah. tracks. So, so we had, you would basically, you know, we had to take all of their stuff off and then put all of our stuff on. And I remember Zach. I remember Zach being in the back of the stage Yes, MPC, and he was was hooked up. Something like something was working. Oh my gosh! And but I'm yes, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was standing. I was right there next to Zach, and I was livid because again, all the cables on the floor. And I, (laughs) I remember asking one of the dudes that was setting up that you know one of the stage managers. I was like, "Yo, what you know? What do we? What what cable do we use to plug into?" He's like. Just find one. Pick one. Like, what yeah. do you mean find one? Like, <laughs> I don't even know where he's in, man. Like, come on. And so, Zach. You know, the worst was the, the dude who's. The yeah. worst was they the dude who was trying video. to figure out the uh, the the, the Fender Rhodes, and just I just remember Aaron's face just sitting there like, what what is going on right now? It was like, no, like they had no idea. How to I was like, we plug this up with, and he was like, I'm. Whatever you see, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, sir. Yeah. Oh, man, what is this? <laughs> so, the, so the crazy thing is, the stage yeah. manager was like a student. Like these are kids, like yeah, volunteers. They, they volunteer from the local university, and they, you know, right. they're not like professionals who who know how to bang it out, bang it out. Like they, they're fresh, they're green, like. And so it was that's what made it so much crazier than it needed to be. You know what I'm saying? It was It's all good. I mean it was I mean it was a dope experience, man, either way. And I I mean, you know, for me preparation was an experience. Yeah, I mean I mean I mean personally I felt like y'all deserved it. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all as a as a band, as a group, as a unit, you know what I'm saying? Like there was I couldn't there was no way I could justify not Having DC Love Dilla group on that on that show and on that stage, I, I, I felt like beyond beyond what what uh, what GoGo means to the city, like y'all represent what, mm-hmm. and what we represent on the hip hop and the soul and the R and B tip is powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was fucking with us straight up, yeah. and so so I felt like this was the time that y'all needed to shine and be on that stage. At South by Southwest, and be able to put that in your in your in your back pocket, as you know, what I'm saying like, yeah, we did that shit, you know what I mean, and yep. as a unit, and and run with it, for whatever for what it's worth. Like y'all deserve that, and so I didn't, you know, I just thought that whatever sacrifice needed to be made, 
it just needed to be made so y'all could shine point blank it was an experience to say the least and i, I wanted to just address there, there was a there, there was a question um uh from earlier about whether we thought about taking dc loves dill on the road we've been talking about that for a few years so obviously you know it's 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 kind of run its run its course right now but if we do decide to do something you know we're, we'll 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 address that uh when it happens but we definitely have thought about taking dc loves Della on the road but i mean that was i just wanted to address that i know we're at a time limit right now so yeah so yeah with john's point where we've unfortunately reached our time limit for the night um but it was a beautiful show um just for me you know hosting the show and and not having had the experience um to have I mean, uh, taking part wow. Uh, wow. in the, uh, the production. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but, um, in all seriousness, no. I mean, I have I have worked with many of you already, um, and some of you, uh, a couple of you, maybe I haven't had the pleasure of working with, but most of you I have, um, and it, it was just good for me. Uh, to hear your stories and your perspectives, the ones I haven't heard yet, some of the behind-the-scenes ones that will never be told in this kind of forum, I have heard, um, but that's not what we're here for. But anyway, I just want to definitely highlight that tomorrow we are going to be back here. YouTube, Facebook, everywhere, live, 7 p.m., again, with the Sports and Things crew, and even more panelists, and we have a special surprise guest panelist that you don't want to miss. Um, so definitely tune in tomorrow. You thought this was dope? Tomorrow's going to be dope as well. Um, so um, with that being said, I want to thank Roddy, um, Two Tone, Bora, um, Aaron Harden, uh, and Munch for joining us. And of course, always my bros on the uh, Sports and Things crew. But before we end, yeah. I'm going to turn it over. Uh, to our senior pastor, uh, the Reverend Dr. Dennis Carter, <laughs> for the benediction and closing announcements. Thank you all. Amen. Amen. First of all, I'll let you come in. Uh, wow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's hilarious. All right, just to, just to hey, th- thanks to everybody who's tuning in on Facebook and, and yeah, all thank everybody for tuning in. We, <laughs> yes, we thank you everybody you guys for watching on Facebook. DJ Monica, John Matt. Um, yeah. I also want to thank Trey for um, moderating this panel and yeah, he's thank you Trey. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I I apologize on behalf of the DC Loves Jilla crew for not having you on stage with us any of the years <laughs> that we did. Maybe next year. Anyway, you mean on behalf of John? You can just say on behalf of John. That's fine. <laughs> um, I have to. I have to. Um, I, and again, thank you all for coming on the panel. We do appreciate it. Um, just a few notes. Uh, this is sports and things. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, thank the people who who support us. And that is Unhinged Sports Network. You can catch us every Saturday at ain't we twelve. Number one on there. We're number one on there, ain't we? We do, we do well on it. Um, you can yeah. check us out every Saturday on Unhinged Sports Network, um, 12 o'clock. And I think uh, on every place you can find podcasts so Apple, yeah. Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, even you can come Pandora. Out. 
Dog, yeah, come on, man. No, 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 that's right. That's right. For a hard time. They picked this up. Nobody else would. Um, also, um, like Trey said, tomorrow we'll be back on at 7 to 9 with um, some panel guests. Uh, some of the um, musicians that were on stage, Nita K, Aaron Broaddus, Camber, Slim Cat. Um, and I'll save a couple of the uh, surprises for when you guys tune in. Um, yeah. And that's uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Also, thank you to Fubo TV, our partners, mm-hmm. and Fanatics.com. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we appreciate them for supporting us. And we should appreciate you guys for tuning in. We appreciate the panel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Everybody, hey, for checking us out. Yeah, for sure. We miss y'all, Hopefully man. Get together. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Likewise. Thank y'all. Likewise. Thank you, Bora. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Roddy. Yeah, yeah, Tone, yeah. Aaron. Tone. John yeah, Lane. Thank you, guys. Brothers. Mr. Yes, Turner, yes. My brother. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate y'all. y'all. Appreciate all y'all. Make sure you stay safe. Stay safe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wear your mask. Wear your oh, mask. So Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Wear your mask so we can do this again. You're not supposed to yell at the TV. Just stomp and clap if you like to play. Do not yell at the TV for the Super Bowl party. Thank you, Munch. What Jay said. <laughs> all right, y'all. Good night. Run, run the music. Into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go, Deke Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos, podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things from rookies who ball the vets about to get more rings, plus more things like a jam session or something. Then we beefing because our favorite team, John like slumming, John like pumping over podcasts and steady every O. You want more than that whole hum, so here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or Astro Turf with balls and cleats like that, y'all. Talking sports and things, talking sports and things. Priest the Nomad, uh, talking sports and things. We're talking sports and things. Dean Turner, John Lane, talking sports and things. Baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Trey Hill, talking sports and things. Talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at 
I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.